Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 31 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we're going to discuss our third draw of the season against Reading. We've got a few listener questions and we'll discuss the outgoings from this week as well. So enjoy. How are we, fellas? Are we good? Really good. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, mate. Good, good. good. You'll be happy. It's a prediction, a correct prediction. I know, it's like, it's like a broken clock, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we crack on, as always, just a reminder that you can support us here at From the Finney. Uh, just head over to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney, and any donations received are greatly appreciated. Um, all the money get, helps to keep the podcast and the website running. Um, and yeah, we've had two, I think, this week, but you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, they don't have to be as nice as the two that we've had this week. You can slate us in the comments. Just appreciate it if you left it at a five star. I think eighty-eight reviews so far, and we're we're overall five star rated. So, yeah, massively appreciated. Um, I'll start off with a question from Will Mount on Twitter about today's game. Do you think that was as poor a game as some people are making out? Well, we're recording pretty much straight after the game, aren't we? So I've not actually seen many of the comments, but um, I think it's quite funny because Jim has been midway through a piece and I think that's our first known of the season is it um, yeah. but I thought it was a game of two halves really I thought North End shaded the first half seven shots in the first half and I thought Reading shaded the second half they had se- seven shots in the second half obviously had the penalty um, but I thought it was a game where you could tell North End tired in the second half really Yeah, quite badly quite badly to be honest I thought they were very leggy in the last 25-30 minutes um, and probably happily take the point and move on yeah I think it's um, I think if you split the game up into quarters we've had the first quarter and the third they've had the second and fourth so you know it's one of those games really where I think we've had a shot on target within the first minute to Sinclair and yeah it looked quite lively that first sort of 15-20 minutes and then I think, I think when the game settles down we started giving away quite a few sloppy free kicks giving swift chances within Shooting range, which you don't want to do. Um, dangerous player, mid midweek one as well. Didn't see it personally, but you know yeah. he's a dangerous player, isn't he? So you, you can see that. I was surprised when it was it uh, Aluko took one. Like, yeah, the third, yeah, I think they just had three in about three, ten minutes, didn't they? Just have about third in a row. I was going to say, and you know, it's <laughs> why he's not took it is beyond me. But yeah, that's football in it. So, um, but yeah, I think a point was deserved. Um, I think the shining, well, there's a few good performances. I think, obviously, a second clean sheet in a row for the keeper. I was double checking that we kept the clean sheet midweek. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the keeper looked really good, by the way. He's yeah. very, very assured, very good with his kicking, good positioning sense. The save he's made from the offside, fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, excuse my language but that's the only way I can sort of describe it straight through again but yeah I think the less said about the penalty the better um, for well, me it is a penalty we'll, we'll, but... we'll come on to Raf in a bit 
just on Everson, just on Everson, he gets down really well considering his height as well. I think. Yeah, what, yeah. what is he six two? I think he's even more than that. I think he's probably six three, six four. Um, just looks really assured, doesn't he? And I think it's good to have some genuine competition. I know he's injured, but I think he's you know probably looking a class above Rudd in the early stages. So, um, someone on Twitter said Brentford had a three million pound offer rejected last summer, and you can see why, can't you? I think yeah, it looks really good. Six foot four. Yeah. Um. Well, just obviously, Iverson is one of three that made the home debuts. No, sorry, one of four that made the home debuts today. Just on sort of the other two, Malumbi and Whiteman, how, how do you think they performed? I think Whiteman, you can tell he's got quality. I think Malumbi was a little bit quiet today, but still a good performance for me. Um, it's a solid sort of six, seven out of ten, really. I think with the lads coming in and having three games very quickly, in succession, it's going to be quite. So it's going to be quite difficult for them to um, be great every game, especially even the new to this level. In Whiteman's case, yeah, and um, I, I didn't think they did that much wrong. I, th- I think it was just one of those games today where Whiteman's passing was good, Malumbi's work rate was was fine. It's not like it's not like they've had poor games at all. So yeah, just they did all right. I was I thought. Um... First 20, I thought you could see that our midfield was a class above what it's been. Um, I think that first 20 minutes to control a game against a decent side like that mainly came from um, Whiteman being able to get on the ball deep. And, you know, we weren't playing aimless long balls. We were sort of playing around Reading, clipping balls into Reese, getting bodies around him. I thought we were a lot more controlled and that allowed us to be more controlled out of, the, out of possession as well when we lost it. And... Just the way he just gets the ball moving really simply. And I thought Malumbi had some really positive moments in the first half as well. So I think they just look like classy championship players to me, even though it's early days. I think they'll only get better, obviously. Um, I think they both tired badly in the second half because, like Jimmy said, I think it's the third championship start in about a week. Um, it is for Whiteman. I don't think it is for Malumbi, is it? He came off the bench. Yeah, and started midweek. One, but he started the Wickham game, didn't he? Yeah, and then obviously started at, at Birmingham and then today. So I think just an, another week now. Um, just looked very leggy last 20, 30 minutes, didn't we? Yeah. But I think hopefully that's how we played sort of first 20 is a sign of how we're going to try and control the ball more at Deepdale because I think we're just, you know, we're just lacking in the final third for me. I think we've said it a few times, but Reading cottoned onto it in second half, to be fair to him, limited the space for Whiteman completely. And we didn't use a long ball well enough, but I thought it was quite positive, to be honest. Yeah. Just on the other, the, the third member of that midfield, Ryan Ledson, how do you think he fared today? It's not, it's not his greatest game, was it? No. His passing was a little bit sloppy first half. He's, you know, obviously conceded quite, I think, four or five fouls, two of which were in dangerous areas. Just seems a little bit. I don't, don't think it was the. I don't know. I just don't think that three's right. Just feels a little bit like Malumbi and Whiteman are just. They've come in with that like fresh impetus and fresh ideas, and I don't know because Ledson's not played with these of them for any length of time. I just don't think it it particularly worked today. Would you? I know you mentioned it during the game, Ollie, but would you sort of maybe? 
look more towards a midfield three of Brown, uh, Malumbi and Whiteman with Fisher coming back in at right back? Um, can't remember saying that during the game, but... Um... I think, well, I think you, we were talking about subs and you said you'd, you'd take Ledson off for Fisher. Yeah, that was more a tactical thing. That was more because um, I'd rather get Brown higher up and run the channels and try and keep the ball at the top end. I don't think Malumbi really runs a channel, so I would have dropped him back into a six alongside Whiteman, take Ledson off, put Fisher there to get a bit of width on the right. But just generally, I think I do like Ledson a lot. I think he has been overrated a little bit. Um, I think when you bring classy players in like Malumbi and Whiteman, probably shows you the level Ledson's operating at. And that's no slight on Ledson because he's been one of our more positive players, certainly this season. But I think we just need to temper expectations a little bit. Um, players are going to have peaks and troughs in terms of yeah. form as well, aren't they? So mm. Yeah, absolutely. And probably like Jimmy said, he's when he's been playing along Pierce and he's had that licence to you know, get side to side, get box to box a bit more, I think he's still, because Whiteman's a slightly different player, still trying to adapt to the game. Um, games of each other. I thought it was interesting that DJ didn't get much time on the pitch. Um, I thought he might have gone a bit sooner, but I think that's an indicator yeah. to mm. sort of developments off the pitch. Or no, I don't think so. Um, I just I thought I don't know. I just thought when Reese went off, we lost a little bit, um, a little bit of a focal point. Bark is a different player, and he. But I think yeah. it just showed that you bring in Evans on and Barkey, um, you know, to win you a game. I think it's just a little bit limited. So hopefully we have a look at that in the next week. Do it's you... something that I've I've been you know going on about for quite a while now. Yeah. Do you think, think just, that is... just on the midfield? Sorry, Jim. Do you think we can afford to play Gallagher and Whiteman in, in the centre together, or do you think they're too similar, or is that is that even such a thing that you can have players that are too similar and it sort of not work? I think it just depends on the opposition. I know people hate saying that, but if you're playing against a deep block, against, say, a you know, 5-4-1, against one striker who's not really going to press you, I think you can afford to have both of them in. depends on the game state. If you're chasing the game, you're not going to have them both in there if you're protecting the lead, are you? But I think Galley will be used a lot less because, you know, I said it when did the thread, I think he's just a younger version of Galley. Yeah, and it looks more and more like he's transitioning into that coaching role as well now, doesn't it? Yeah. It's always going to, isn't it? This yeah. season, you know, the manager said it quite a few times, but it's a season of transition. I think it. I think it's quite clear that that's now happening. Um, I'm just looking, did Tom Bayless make the bench today? Yeah. Yeah, mm. he did. So, I think, you know, players like Bayless and... Ledson and White and Lumby, DJ Brown, they're the probably six players we're probably going to use in those three midfield three positions this season. Um, yeah, there'll be games for Gary to come on, you know, last 10, 15 minutes of a game or start a game when he can control proceedings. But it's not going to be every week. We're, we're all fully aware of that. I think he'll be aware of that as well. I think the biggest thing for me this season is for him to settle into this new coaching role. Yeah. You know, and probably get a different type of respect off the lads because when you're a coach instead of a player it's it's always going to be different in terms of of like how to communicate and how to, I suppose the level of respect that you'll probably get as a as a coach compared to as a player 
you know, yeah. you can't just take the piss out. You can't just take the piss constantly out of the coach when you could do as a player and have a bit of a laugh, you know. It's like I don't, I don't see any of the players throwing a snowball at Alex Neal on Wednesday night. You know, it's, it's that sort of level of respect in it. Whilst as, as players, you can do sort of have that relationship. But as soon as they step into that coach, you know, managerial role, and it, it becomes a different game. Yeah. Um, Brad Potts has come in for a bit of stick after that. Where do you two sit on sit on him? I'm not. I think on. I sit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said it before we started recording. I think I do like Potts a lot, and I think games like Birmingham away when he could have scored, I really had two good chances actually, and um, ran off the ball really well. I think in home games we just we need an attacking option. I think Potts is a little bit of a means to an end um, in the way that he plays, and I really like him. But I think you need more attacking, attacking instinct or creativity at home. Yeah. Um, but you know, I thought he was all right today. Potts. I thought, you know, when he had a good, he had a good chance on the half turn, didn't he? Um, in the first half, but I think when you just need, you know, the, they would they defended a lot deeper today than they did at, at in in the away game. Um, you just need a little bit something different, don't you? I think. But I thought he did all right. I thought first half we had a clear ploy to build up short and get. Uh, Potts and Sinclair right close to Emil Reese as sort of second strikers number tens. I thought that worked well because I think that's Potts' strength, sort of attacking second balls and running with the ball into space. But I've not seen any stick because, like I said, we're recording straight after the game. But you know we shouldn't be starting many home games for me, Potts. No, I agree with that. I think what I was going to mention before, Jake, was about like I think it was crying out for Barky earlier than when the subs were made. I think the subs were only made about seventieth minute. And I'd have put, I'd have swapped back Potts with Barky. I think that would have been the change I'd have made. First, and I'd have put Stinclair back onto his, I suppose, his usual side, to, so to speak. Um, I, I just, I just felt it was just looking, lacking that little bit of balance that second half in terms of like how we naturally play. Um, and then obviously, if you wanted to make the change after that in terms of Faris, then you can bring on a lad from Fleetwood. who obviously got ten, five, ten minutes at the end. So yeah, I think that's the way I'd have done it. Like, I, like I do like pops. Um, I think he offers you more than just work rate. I think he has got a little bit of quality about him as well, but it just didn't happen for him today, unfortunately. Yeah, I think if was it the Reading game he scored the late goal where he just burst onto it. Yeah, I think Barky, that's his Barky played the pass in, didn't it? It was slightly behind him, I think. Yeah, I think that is clearly his strength, and you don't get that kind of space when teams. You know, set up like they did today. Um, I feel the same about Barky, to be honest. Um, you know, today wasn't his strength for me, so I just think we're crying out for some genuine attacking creativity. People yeah. probably hear that and think, "Well, what about Josh Harrop? What about Josh Harrop? Come on, the guy needs game time, like consistently starting games. He's not going to consistently start games here. You know, this is for, for me. It's it's a good move for him to go to Ipswich for Harriet. Uh, and obviously he's now got tested positive for COVID. So I wish him well with his recovery from that as well. Hopefully yeah. he gets back on the pitch sooner rather than later. But what Josh Harriet needs to be doing is starting games week in, week out, which he'll do when he's on loan. You know, he's not going to do that here. Yeah. And let's be honest, we've probably seen him in a handful of games playing in the number 10 role, which he's now said he prefers playing an 8-10. If we watch that interview he did with Ipswich TV. You know, I, I can't really remember him playing as a 10 that often here. You know, so 
I think we've just got yeah. to look at it and think, you know, it, going to Ipswich is the best move for him at this stage of his career. And it's probably the best move for us so that next season he kind of comes back and he's able to kick on. Jake, when I'm talking about attacking creativity, I mean in, 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 in the wide areas or in the attacking wide areas, which obviously is very different to a number 10 in terms yeah. of an Alex Neil midfield because we play with three midfielders, don't we? Um, and I don't think Harrop has the sort of discipline to do that for Alex Neil yet, which is probably why he's rarely started in in the centre of the pitch. So, yeah, you know, I just really hope that we sign just someone who can take someone on. Not necessarily got the best physical traits because Alex Neil definitely prefers physical traits in the attacking sense. So you got Emil Reese is all all physical, Barky, Potts. You know, Daniel Johnson's a pressing machine. So is Jason Malumbi. Chad Evans is a big target man. Stockley was a big target man, although he's shocking. So I just want someone with a bit more natural attacking flair. But, you know, it remains to be seen whether Alex Nug likes some sort of players because I've mentioned it a few times. He didn't fancy James Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe it's someone that Neil needs to look at himself. Yeah. It's just that little bit of excitement, isn't it? Uh, an exciting player, like I said last week. It's just someone that'll get you off your seat. Yeah, just like that. That's what I think we're missing because our players, creativity-wise, are probably very similar in terms of the way they create things. So, yeah, it's. it's like, I think I said it last week. I think from a standing start, we don't have many players who can do much for you. And I think it's important that you look at Ajaria today. From a standing start, he, he can just glide past people. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Bremen Buono at Brentford. Um, Blackburn, I've got a few who can do some just from, you know, one-on-one situations. I just think we're lacking there. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, the, the last point on sort of today's game in terms of individuals then, Joe Rafferty, we... I've spoken about him numerous times in the past. I'm sure everyone that listens knows where we all stand, but let's just talk about that performance today because he's come in again last minute and given away a penalty, which could have cost us the game. Thankfully, it so, didn't. So I think it's one we've covered on it enough. You know, I'm not going to be overly negative about it because it's not, what's the point? I think you know my my thoughts, and I think everyone's thoughts on this podcast are well known about Joe Rafferty. You know, it's it's not his fault. He's playing at left back in the championship. It's not not his fault at all. You know, he's probably worked, he's worked hard in his career to get a move to the championship. However, for the level that we want to be playing at as a football club, I'm, I'm just afraid that it, it's 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 no real future here. I don't think. Um, mm. I think that the penalty sort of summed it up today for me because um, he's just caught he's got caught wrong side. You know, and then he's just been completely dominated again. It's not if it was like the first time it had happened, you'd sort of like say fair enough, but it's not. It's like there's so many occasions of him getting dominated by a player from behind because he's got wrong side of him, uh, or he's, he's like because the court on his blind side. It's not. I don't think it's coachable because it's just some. It's just levels, and you think it's, it's just more championship. Well, it's ability level for me. It's yeah. like it's it's not about. It's not about like Alex Neil like trying to coach him better or anything like that. You know, I've seen a couple of people say like, "Oh, you know, they should be doing work with him to be able to get him right in that aspect." But 
when you're sort of 26, 27 and you've played the game for probably the best part of over half your, half your life and if that's a weakness of his game, it's not going to change now. And yep. look, it's it's an area we definitely need to improve. If Hughes is injured, obviously he's got the, the way, reason he's injured is because of obviously that shove that he got at Birmingham, which weren't great. Um, obviously we on his shoulder. Yeah. So you know we probably do need a left back. You know Josh Hill not in the squad today. No idea where that what's happened with that. You would so, imagine he's injured. An, an injury he's injured. That's another little niggle for Josh. I. I it's not, it's it's all, it's just like common occurrences. It's like Rafferty getting done in the air. It just seems to be happening all the bloody time. I'm sick of talking about, I'm sick of talking about it though, Jay. Yeah. It's like, it, it, like I just said, one or two times could sort of deal with and he just put it down to little errors. But yeah. he got done, he got done in the air at Wickham. He's been done, done from his blind side today. The mistake against Blackburn. I mean, the, the penalty. Yeah, it's just like there's just so many occasions of it happening. It's like it's not a one-off anymore. It's just becoming no, a joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad people are seeing it now because I've been saying it for the best part of 18 months, and you've got people calling him Rafu. I mean, just pulling your hair out, aren't you? And that's why I don't really buy the experience thing for me because Joe Rafu is not inexperienced as a footballer. He's just got no quality. He's got experience. He just don't have any quality. And, you know, we've talked about it to the death on here. And he's not good enough. But mm. it, it goes back to something I thought in the first half today. Whenever we have these kind of players, you get people saying they never let us down. And for me, that is just a code way of saying they're very limited footballers. Because if the best endorsement you've got of a player is he doesn't let us down, then... You know, it's not exactly a going reference, is it? Are a, are a bit low, aren't they? I think. Yeah, and um, um, you know, he, he transfers risk for me. As soon as he gets the ball, it's a, it's a percentage pass or it's a pass inside, so he doesn't have to be on the ball. He narrows off too much without the ball. He doesn't overlap. He just protects himself in the middle of the pitch for me. And I think, as a fan base and maybe as a club, we're very complacent with the level of play we've got. You know, I think the likes of Stockley, Rafferty, Rudd for me, maybe Ledson, maybe a couple of others. As soon as you bring in class replacements, Iverson, Malumbi, Whiteman, you sort of see the, the level that we've been at and the level that we, we could be at. Yeah, and the um, level of complacency that we've fallen to. I mean, you look at in the past, you know, we've had Greg, Greg Cunningham as, as our left fullback and at times in the last two seasons, a lot of people have settled for Joe Rafferty. You know, like you said a minute ago, Jim, it's levels, isn't it? Well, it is. And I think there's a couple of things telling from, from that today. I mean, you know, Rafferty played like 250 games for Rochdale before he joined us. So you're right in terms of him be having the experience, Ollie. I think it's just that, it's that step up in class in terms of the leagues. Like, Championship's not League One or League Two. You know, it's, you're playing against like, very good strikers and attackers. I, I've seen a few people say, oh, he kept Aluko quiet today, but Aluko didn't really te- didn't really get at him or he didn't really test him at all because Rafferty's just narrowed off every time. You know, so it's not One like... One time he, he put... did get at him, he got, got, got a shot off that pulled a good save out of the keeper as well. Well, exactly. So it's like, people just don't see it. It's like, it, it just I limits us so was... much. Yeah. It's just frustrating for me. And like, you know... For, for me, in terms of the complacency thing about left backs, you know, we wanted we wanted the lad, the lad Bidwell. Well, after we'd got Hughes, 
So it's not like it's not like new tools that we've been mm. looking at left backs. You and know, Max we've been Lowe looking at well. before. Max Lowe, yeah. There's just play there's players we've looked at before, obviously. I think we still need to look at one. And well, I don't think I, I, he's got to, got to, got to sort it. Because yeah. we can't just keep having can't have Hughes who's like it's not his fault he's injured this time because it's actually an incident during a game. It's not a fitness issue. But like we've got to get a better left back in because if we're going to convert Alan Brown to a right back, I think it said a lot today that Darnell didn't get Darnell didn't get a left back spot and get ahead of Rafferty as well. To be fair, yeah, I think that sort of says quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's not really looking frustrating. It's quite bleak for Darnell, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah. In terms I mean, of so yeah, yeah. yeah, for me, the, the right back thing is more a case of Alan Brown has always been Alex Neal's weakness. He needs to play. <laughs> yeah. He needs to be on the pitch. And when you've got that midfield three ahead, probably finding it hard to find a balance in a minute. But yeah, it, going back to the Rafferty thing quickly, it's 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 the things that people don't see that annoys me so much. He just limits us so much when we're in possession. The lack of width that he gives, lack of options. You know, he just he protects himself for me, and fair enough with people rating. But and you can say he doesn't let us down, but when he starts letting you down, there's nowhere to hide, is there? Really? No, exactly. Just last one on the left back position. Then had a question from Thomas Harrison on Twitter who asks, "Do we play DJ as a left back?" No, not after. Remember when he played there against Hull? I think. No. I think. I I wouldn't be against that's, it. That's a bit of a tough one to judge him on. You know, they've. They've switched it around. Ledson ended up playing there for a bit and then he's had to bring DJ in as a last resort midway through a game where we're getting absolutely peppered. I think I think when you've got two centre midfielders at fullback, you're asking a lot, especially when they're both like... Well, it's a, it's, a, it's I'd say that's more of a damning indictment on the club for not bringing in adequate yeah, but I don't players get, for those I don't positions. Get, I don't understand. If Alan Brown's a really good right-back, I don't think it matters who plays left-back if Brown's playing well at right-back for me. Um, it's probably more like an ideological thing that I quite like um, sentiments there but I think DJ could play there but if you're playing him there you know what's it say about early Hughes mm. I, I thought Brownie I, I thought Brownie question, thought Brownie was really good again today by the way yeah I think that question on DJ was more sort of obviously whilst presumably Earl's out injured and Hughes is also out injured well Hughes has only missed out in the warm Rafferty Hughes has only pulled out in the warm Panny, so you'd expect him to come back in next week yeah, so we've got a full week now, maybe before the next game. So as long as he gets rested and sorted this week, then yeah. Um, switching it then to right back, Ollie. You've just obviously touched on him there, but question from Oliver Hargreaves on Twitter: Would you keep Alan Brown at right back? Personally, I thought he was brilliant today and against Birmingham. And with game time, he'll only get better. There reminds me very much of what Forrest did with Matty Cash. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to give him a games there because otherwise, how is he going to learn the position? Yeah, you know, you've got to give it. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes. It's not. It's not going to be perfect every week, but you've got to be able to give him game time there and I'd probably keep him there for the rest of the season. Personally, you know, and try and convert him into a, a top class right back. Ollie's just smiling for anyone. Well, none, none of you are watching, but Ollie's just smiling away to himself. <laughs> yeah, said it before, Anna. Yeah, well, just give, say, him, give him no, give him a run of games. They'll be one of the best in the league, honestly. Say no more on that one. Um, I'm gonna go and get a brew as well, boys. So I'll see you in part two. Nice one.
The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanx.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we're just going to talk about some more dealings in the window, this time outgoings, and we've got some listener questions, and then we'll finish off by looking ahead to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. So, first of all, obviously the big news from this week is that we've managed to get two players out of the door. Uh, Josh Arrett has joined Ipswich on loan. Unfortunately for him, three. Ethan Walker. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about him. Oh, well. Sorry, Ethan. Um, yeah, obviously, Josh, unfortunately, has tested positive and has to isolate for 10 days. I think that's their first three games that he misses, which isn't an ideal start, but all being well with his recovery, you would imagine that he'd get game time there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like we said, I don't think it was an ideal move for him, but hopefully goes there, gets 20 or so games in a central position and then see what happens from there, really. Just needs games, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing with all the players going out alone. You know, best luck to Big Jaden as well at Charlton. Um, get some game time. Hopefully, gets a few goals. Gets gets a bit of confidence. Maybe yeah. a move at the end of it as well. So, um, yeah, best luck to all three of them. You know, hopefully, Ethan gets a promotion for Carlisle with, with Jack Armour that's there as well. So, yeah, no no complaints to any of the business we've done this week. No, cheers, Jim. You've wrapped up that outgoing section really <laughs> quick for us. <laughs> Well, was what's it to say? Good luck no, to all three yeah, of him. No, Good luck to all three of him. Hope they all do, do well. Get games under the belt. And come back if if they decide to come back, then great. If they don't, they don't. What 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 more is? Well, to you say would imagine that? you would imagine Walker's coming back. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's there's question marks over Stockley and Harrop, um, whether they stay or or go. But I suppose we'll find out at the end of the season. Um, two players that I've got question marks over, with obviously the injury that. Andrew Hughes picked up against Birmingham midweek and thanks to the exclusive from Josh Earl's dad on PNE Online that he's rolled his uh, rolled his ankle. Does that, to you two, indicate that Joe Rafty is going to be sticking around for a bit longer? I don't think yeah. he's got any choice. Yeah. Unless we bring a left back in, I think, I think he's going to have to stick about, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think we said it, Jake, whenever we did the uh, transfer special. Yeah, it was a couple think- of weeks ago, wasn't it? I don't think we can let him go until summer, unfortunately. No, you would imagine as well with having sort of bodies, for want of a better phrase, in that position as well, it wouldn't be a priority position this window for the club either. Um, Another one, obviously, Billy Bowden was back out on the grass this week. What do you think the future holds for him? I think he'll go on deadline day. I'm going to make a prediction. I think they'll, they'll leave it as long as they can. A bit like with Malt, maybe with Nugent as well. They'll, you know, these players will probably stay as long as they can, and then if they want to get a move, it'll be the last embers of the window. 
if they don't want to if they don't want to move then they'll be here till um till summer but you know that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be in the 25 man squad obviously Nugent and Malt aren't in that 25 man squad from what from what we believe for for January onwards I'd probably say the same is going to be the case with Bowden um so yeah I think another one who need, needs game time doesn't he he needs game time. So yeah, he yeah. needs, you know, he's out of contract at the end of the season, Bowden. So I think it's another example of a player playing above the level in terms of athleticism and intensity. Can't stay fit. It's too intense for him. He's a good yeah. footballer though, so I hope I hope he gets a good move and gets his career back at a good level at, at League One level. Yeah, yeah. Nuge, do you think we'll pay him up? I think they're probably more hopeful of a club taking over his contracts, aren't they? Obviously, there's a talk of Burton. Yeah. But I don't know. No one knows. Tough one for Louis as well, because, I mean, unless you two know different, I don't think he is back out on the grass training just yet, is he? I've not heard that he is. No. So how, how, how do you see his future panning out? Because you, you wouldn't imagine a club will come in and take him on loan if he's not even back training. I think he'll just leave for free in summer. Yeah. I don't think he'll play football until summer, which is horrific. Because obviously we don't even have an under-23 set-up. We don't really have bounce games because of the situation. So, you know, by the summer it'll be two years without kicking a ball. Yeah. Um, I'm not even really, sure. I'm not even sure you, you get a League One move now, given the wage cap situation. Back um, up to the SPL? Yeah, maybe. You just don't know. No, None of us... By all accounts, it's career-threatening this. Mm. Um, it's just hope he gets football somewhere because he probably isn't asked about where it is as long as he starts playing again. Yeah, National League with Exxon. Exxon obviously got the money. There's no real salary cap. I think that's probably a decent move for him, to be fair. Still get a decent pay. Obviously, they've got rich owners now. So, yeah, I think that might be the move that you might have to go for, unfortunately. It's sad for Louis because I... He started last season well, obviously, scored the goal and then obviously that injury against Swansea. Um, yeah. Just sad it hasn't worked out the way I think anyone anyone wanted it to work out here. And, and by all accounts, a thoroughly, thoroughly decent fella as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I just, I think if he does drop down the leagues, you know, even if we have to like help him with his rehab, because he isn't going to, he's not going to get anything now. You know, this season, I don't think. I don't think a club's going to take him on because he's not played for 18 months and he's still not on the grass. So even if we pay him up and keep him, you know, keep the rehab or what have you, I don't know. It's just like, I think it just needs to come to some, come to some sort of agreement with him. Yeah. Um, as, sad, as sad as that is. Um, yeah. In terms of sort of incomings, then obviously we've got just over a week as at the time of recording left of the window um, it's a week on Monday at 11 o'clock it shuts the the Sonny Bradley at Luton link doesn't seem to be going away despite official sources if you will saying that he's not one we're working on or words to that effect um, do you think that it, it is something that we're working on by the fact that the link sort of just seems to be hanging around Um. Not sure, to be honest, but I think when you've got players out of contract in summer and then he gets to the last week of the, the window, you might just start seeing a bit of... Bit of movement. Bit of movement, bit of bidding. Yeah. Um, 
I think we've covered him a couple of, or last week on the pod. I can't remember, but would you take him? Yeah. Yeah. Left footed as well, isn't he? So obviously ticks that box. Yeah. Just on foot, Ben Davis again, really good today. So coasted through it, didn't he? Excellent. So good. Just makes it look easy though. This is the thing, like it, them two as a partnership make it look easy. You know, they've dealt with Chow. And I think the keeper, you've got to give the keeper a lot of credit as well, but the three of them between Hunts, Davis and the keeper have made it look easy today against a team that's been, that's, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, I think they've scored. So they're, they're, I did this research, the piece that's going out like live today or tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. And Blackburn have been involved in the most goals this league. Blackburn have been involved in the most <laughs> goals in the league this season. Sorry, I'm going to say it again. Then it's Reading, then it's us. So mm. the fact that we kept a clean sheet, and they'll probably be happy with a clean sheet as well. Yeah. So I think that's their eleventh or twelfth this season. So and I yeah. think has Jao got something like seventeen goals in eighteen starts, or fourteen goals in eighteen appearances before today. Yeah, but if you look at the average per ninety, he's uh, for non-penalty goals, he's top per ninety, and then if you go goals and assists per ninety, he's top. So dangerous player, very dangerous player. I mean, Kept a clean sheet twice against Reading this season. Um, a bit oh. lucky on both occasions, to be honest. But can't argue no, with a clean sheet. clean sheet at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, there's been links with, I think, in the last 24 hours with Jimmy Dunn at Burnley uh, coming in on loan. Not, I don't really know much about him, which probably doesn't come as a shock to either of you or anyone listening. But what, what do you two know about him, if anything? He played at Deepdale. In a pre-season game, I think it was last year. Um, I think he, I think he's, you know, I think Burnley want him to sign a new contract. Yeah, he's out of contract in the summer, isn't he? Yeah, he's had a couple of loans at Sunderland and Fleetwood. Um, I think um, just looks quite a steady player. I don't know loads about him, but he's played left centre back, even though he's right-footed quite a lot. Um, so yeah, highly rated by Burnley. Don't know an awful lot about him. Know a lot more about um, Sonny Bradley. I think we've done. Um, yeah, he's very highly rated. Obviously, been to places like Hearts as well. So uh, and played games. Did well at Accrington. They wanted to re-sign him a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, and obviously when I was doing my research, he's actually played more times in professional football than Jordan Story. So I think if you can. Get someone like done in, and if hopefully get story alone because then you hopefully got a backfill. If you get both Bradley and Dunn, then I think it's a win-win all around. Obviously, that does rely on keeping Ben Davis. I was just going to say, do you think it's looking like he's just going to be kept until the end of his contract now, or not sure? Yeah. Um, it's just I hope so, but then I got a whisper today that he might go to a Premier League club this week, but I don't know how much how much he's in that. Um, don't know who, by the way, before I start getting bombarded with tweets. Um, but I think if you if we manage to keep him, great. But if we don't, then it leaves with our best wishes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so finely so finely poised going into the last week of the window. Mm. Um, so I have to wait and see. But he's he's a he's a class class player. Yeah, he's a class above, isn't he? I think that's that's shown, especially in recent weeks. He's just coasted yeah. through games. They've looked easy to him. 
I think yeah. he and enhances enhances the players around him as well. So when he does leave, I think it'll just take a little bit of acclimatizing. But all quite on person as well, isn't it? It's like there's just nothing getting said. Mm. It's not. Do you think something's gone just, on there? I don't know. It's a little bit strange. Well, it's not strange, is it? When someone said they're not going to extend the deal, I, I can put. Obviously, there's been we've had players brought into a place them already. Just find it a little bit odd that there's no, there's not even a whisper of like clubs that are linked or interested in him or like firm interest. Given that he's probably not going to play again this season, I just find that really yeah. weird. The only real it's link weird... we've had is uh, the Celtic one, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird situation because if he doesn't play for us now, he will have only played about ten games in the whole season. Yeah, so I'm not sure how good a move can get off the back of that in summer. But on a free, like, you would imagine that some clubs would be willing to take a chance on him, given his yeah, record. Some clubs, but which but which clubs compared to if he played 46 games this season and excelled? Yeah. So, it's come on, it's far from ideal playing 10 games and then leaving leaving to go somewhere. But yeah, it, like like Ben Davis, I think I hope there's no revisionism on how good Ben Pearson has been for us because he's an absolute class above you know anything else that I think we've had during his time here so I'm not sure I think but obviously by the next time we record um, it'll be sort of deadline day kind of thing so there might be some movement but it's a weird situation I'm not I'm not sure if I'm not, I can never imagine him saying he doesn't want to play I just can't fathom that but you've got I think something that's been said to have come to this sort of arrangement haven't you mm. strange one isn't it yeah very yeah. odd um, last one on transfers then. A question from Kyle Fleming on Twitter. He's asked, how vital is it that we break our transfer record on Jason Malumbi? Mm, I mean, I don't think we've got any chance of signing Malumbi. No. I think we um, said it last week, didn't we? You know, Brighton are the kind of team or the kind of club, sorry, that if they don't want to sell someone, they won't. They won't be sort of like bullied into it, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the Ben White situation with Leeds sort of yeah. tells you everything you need to know, really. I think I think Mullumby's 21, if I'm correct. I think yeah. if you look at the ceiling, the ceiling as a player is tremendously high. Yeah, it's Premier he's League, been, isn't it? I think easily, yeah, for me. Um, so I personally don't think North End have a chance, but you know, we paid good money for Whiteman. See how, see how it goes in the next 20 games. If he likes it here, then you never know. But I think by all accounts, he enjoyed his time at Millwall. They had a bid rejected, didn't they? Yeah, um, before we came, here, hasn't he? So, so I don't, I don't think there's much chance of us signing him. Anything to add, Jim? I think he's a. There's a reason why Brighton haven't let him go permanently this summer, and um, this this window. Sorry, um, I just don't. I, it's like what they do with Ben White. Like I just said, I they they keep all the players, and, and whether you want to. Criticise them for doing that in terms of keeping all of like young talented players not up to you, like. But I think it's fine as long as you develop the players in the right way and you're giving them game time. There's no point hoarding all these players and not giving them ample game time, mm. um, or just playing them in under twenty threes football because it's probably not. It's probably very technical, but it's probably not the same as playing Championship or League One football every week. So, yeah, I I don't think we've got a chance of signing either of them. Everson or Malumbi, because I think they're too good, personally. But yeah. 
Stranger things have happened, haven't they? You know, we, yeah. there's, we've had players in the past where you think we've no chance of signing them, and the next minute, you know, they sign on the dotted line. It's like when Pearson signed his extension, what, two years ago? Yeah. You never know, think he's going to sign an extension. Next minute, you know, three year deal gets announced. You get dead excited, don't you? So, let's yeah. wait and see. Ross Wallace the is one is that he... springs to mind from the past. That's it. That is yeah. the thing. I knew there was one. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me think of, our, of a live example so thanks mate you've come in use today I think Everson's tired like, down like you say a stop clock is right what twice a day I nearly got that wrong <laughs> yeah Everson's Everson's tied down to a fairly long term deal as well at Leicester I think he just looks he looks class doesn't he early days but would um, you given, given everything that's gone in the past sort of surrounding us and links with other keepers, despite the fact that Dex just signed a new three-year deal, if it was a possibility, would you take Iverson on loan again? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It's good, isn't it? Especially when you look at our keeping situation at the minute. It's a bit shite, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. It, it's complacent. Yeah. It's complacent, and it? You know? Yeah, well, there's complacency wherever you look in the squad, isn't there, at the minute? Whether it's with the contracts, whether it's with the players that we've settled for mm, the last two, I think years. you know, you, I think we've got to give credit to the club for the for the for the way yeah, they've no, handled absolutely. the midfield situation. There's a change in tactic recruitment as well, Jay. You know, since we brought in Sinclair in last last January, we've not brought in anyone that's not a good quality player. Every player that we've brought in has improved the quality of the squad. Yeah. You know, in windows previous to that, we were just bringing in players in quantities. You know, hoping that one would be like a, a diamond in the rough. Like, right. unfortunately, they're, they're not. You know, we're finding yeah. nettles, but <laughs> it's, you know, we're, just getting, you know, we're find, finding nettles and getting stung, aren't we? Looking at another, stung. another another Jimmy classic for you there. Well, it's, I think like what it's you, true. What to say? It is true. It's yeah, like, it true. is. No, it is. It's, it's 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 the same thing. Buy cheap, buy twice, or whatever. And I think Alex was quite another vocal. one of Jimmy's repertoire. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not wrong, Jimmy. I think Alex was vocal about it in summer. He don't want another body. Yeah, what's the point? Down about it, didn't he? And fair play yeah. to him, like, like you know, like you just said, Jim. We criticised the club for two signings in two windows, but the two signings that they did make improved the quality of the squad. And that's what we need to do. It's yeah. like you know, like all three of the guys we brought in this month have improved us. It's not. It's for me. It's not the complacency is in times gone past in, in the in the recent past, you know, yeah. like when we've just brought in Graham like, Burke, Connor Ripley, Kevin O'Connor, Stockley, Susan Joe Boyle, Rafferty. <laughs> Joe Rafferty, Susan Boyle. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Absolutely, yeah. you, you can't bring in Des O'Connor and Susan Boyle right? I think they're going to improve the quality of our squad. What What is the point? Seriously, it's just, it's like favours for people that Trevor must know in Ireland. It's like, well, I'm not being funny. More for giving people jobs and everything and keeping people employed, but not when they're a fucking professional footballer. Yeah. Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flipping heck. No, right. but I think that, I think the gist of the point is important. Like we can't yeah, just keep on. And hopefully, obviously, Stockley going out is, is an end to us signing slow strikers because... Um, athleticism is the most important thing at the top end of the pitch yeah absolutely um, Sheffield Wednesday then obviously their most recent form their last six they've won three drawn one lost two um, but I think have they only played three games in the last month with uh, the COVID situation that obviously they've had going on there 
So you would imagine they'd be quite fresh in that regard. Yeah, I think they're playing tonight, aren't they? And then they're playing on Wednesday. So they've still got two games, obviously, before before we play them, which could play into our hands. Yeah, because um, yeah, we've got a week off now. Well, not a week off, but no midweek game. Yeah. Um, what have they, have they won the last three? Yeah, they've won all three games since the caretakers come in. Mm. Um, so, obviously two in the league and then one in the FA Cup. I think they played Exeter in the FA Cup, so... Well, it's, it's hard to judge, like, because... The last four as well in the league, so... Mm. Yeah, they drew... A, they, they beat someone and then drew a Blackman, didn't they, under Pulis? Um, yeah, they beat Coventry 1-0, so, drew with Rovers 1-1, and they've beaten Borough 2-1 and Derby 1-0. That's yeah. it. So, it's, like, it's, mm, it's hard to judge, though, when they've not really played anyone in the top half yet under this caretaker. So I don't know what to I don't know what to expect because obviously it's not gonna be Pulis ball, is it? It's not gonna be like a mm. horrible style of play that he plays. But it's just gonna be interesting to they have got some decent players on paper. Obviously I don't know if they've paid the paid the wages this month because they've got a habit of not paying them. So let's just um let's just see what it could but I back us against anyone to be honest at the minute. I think we are deep. We are we have a good side. People like say it's boring and stuff, but we're not actually that boring to watch. I don't think. Yeah, I think, you I know, think... we've said shown today like we have played some decent football at times. So, yeah, you're not going to get a, a 90 minute complete performance because there's two teams on a pitch. Don't know what people expect. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know we'd have won today. We'd have gone eighth. I think we're tenth at the minute. Going there, it's a good game, isn't it? So it's another good game to try and. Establish ourselves in the top half. I think Reading's away performances, I think that's shown you where we're at today because I think most of their away wins have come against bottom half sides. I don't think they've won against a top half away side, uh, a top half side away, sorry. So, yeah, I think we're, we're a decent, you know, middle to top half team at the minute. And, you know, with a couple of additions in the window, I don't think we're going to get top six, but I think we can go and go on a decent run. Yeah, go and have a push for it. Um, it, interesting with Chef Wednesday they've actually conceded the second fewest amounts at home um, they've only conceded eight goals at home all season only Swansea have conceded fewer um, so they have only scored nine like but which is the third lowest so yeah it's, it's, it's people... going to be a tight game and it's going to be like another 1-0 either way 0-0 yeah. 1-1 sort of game I think unless we go yeah. there and blitz them yeah, I think if people are looking at the table and sort of expecting a 3-0 win or whatever, I just... Lee Johnson said something last night. I think, obviously, he's mocked quite a lot, but I thought he said something that was quite quite interesting. He he said his team is sacrificing good football at the minute. They're, they're sitting in a shape and grinding out wins. And I think that summed up what I was trying to say last week um, after the Birmingham game. I think you've just got to grind out these wins. Obviously, it was 1-0 against Birmingham. It's been 0-0 today. There's just nothing in any of these games. Um, so it'll be another tight game, I think. Yeah. Predictions then? I'll go 1-1. One, one. Jim? I'll go 1-0-0s. I'll go back-to-back 0-0s. Mm. Yeah, unless you two have got anything else you want to add, anything you want to say, then we can wrap episode 31 up there. That'll do for me. Splendid. Um, thank you listener for listening to episode 31 of the From the Finney podcast much appreciated and as I said at the start you can support us 
by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney. Uh, if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on Twitter as well. And yeah, thank you, fellas. Much appreciated. Nice one, lads. Sam, Cheers. see you next week. And hand you over to Reese to play us out with their new single, Wise Man, um, which has been getting a lot more love again on Twitter this week. So yeah, enjoy that. Cheers, fellas. No